All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Today is also Monday, January 15th. I hope you had a happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, Martin Luther King was a great man, and he did a ton of great things. Um, I'm also, I'm incredibly sick today. I apologize. I intended to get the podcast out uh, around 12 o'clock noon today. I woke up incredibly sick. I wanted to wait as long as possible to record the podcast so my voice can get back to normal. Um, it's still not perfect, but here it is. It's a great show to know. I've, I've prepared a fantastic, fantastic podcast for you guys. Um, I want to start with this. Uh, growing up, well, in high school, I played in the Greater St. Helens League in Southwest Washington for football. And there were, there were about seven or eight teams. There were always three playoff spots, though. And, and those three playoff spots always went to the same three teams. Always went to Union, Camus, and Sky. I played for Skyview. Union, Camus, and Skyview. Every single year. Those three teams were the teams that made it into the playoffs. Uh, they were well coached. And the, th- the thing was that made them so great was they had had the same coaches for years and years and years. They'd had built, they had built incredible systems. And then there was a high school called Evergreen High School. Uh, Evergreen High School always had Division I college football players. I mean, they had incredible, incredible athletes. In fact, Robert Franks, who just uh, broke the... Washington State three-point record at my local high school. He went to Evergreen High School. He graduated the same time I did. Uh, I mean, they would have like six Division I guys on the same team. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And they'd be on Twitter. You know, before games, they'd be on Twitter talking about, you know, we're going to smash this team and that team. And they had guys going to Boise State, Montana, Wyoming. I mean, not, not the biggest of the D1 schools, but they had way better athletes than we did. However, I knew you knew it was coming. You knew that was coming. However, Evergreen High School could never beat Union, Camus, or Skyview. The Steelers have become the Evergreen High School of the NFL. They are loaded with talent. They have stars everywhere. Antonio Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, everywhere. They have talent all over the field. And you know what comes with those big star players? Distractions. All all the time you hear things, you know, before the game against the Jaguars, Le'Veon Bell was saying he wanted a new contract. Big Ben almost held out this year. You had Facebook Live last year with Antonio Brown. My point today is that stars will always lose to systems. I would rather have a system than big, fantastic stars. Now, stars in a system are great. Look at Randy Moss with the New England Patriots. He is breaking records left and right. Look, Antonio Bryant's incredible. Antonio Bryant is unbelievable. You throw the ball near Antonio Bryant. I mean, we saw that last week he, uh, on Sunday. He had a great catch in the end zone. It was awesome. But coaching matters. Union, Skyview, Camus, they all had better coaching than Evergreen. Even though Evergreen had the superior talent, they could never beat those big schools because the Stars were a big distraction. It was awesome. But look at what happened to the Steelers this week. The Steelers are a classic example of a team with stars all over the place, and yet they are incredibly scattered and incredibly disorganized because of their coaching. Uh, I have a great show for you guys today. I have a great, what an awesome podcast. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, later, I'm going to talk about, you know, this, this episode took a lot more prep than I wanted to, um, but I, th- I think it did pay off. This, this show is going to be fantastic. We're going to talk a lot about the NFL playoffs. I'm going to talk about the 49ers and why they should draft defense. 
We'll talk about coaches that were fired, coaches that have been hired. We'll talk about Brady's stats at the end. I'm also going to mention, I promised I would, I'm going to talk about the MVP race. Who I believe the NFL MVP is and the NBA MVP are. Uh, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire podcast on YouTube in video form. You can also find my best and most interesting short clips on YouTube. You can please help me by sharing the show with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. That will help me grow. I, I'm not, I don't bug people on Facebook like this page, yada, yada. I just hope you guys like Strong Opinion Sports. And if you do, share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Tell your friends about it face-to-face. Help me grow by telling your friends about this podcast. All right. Here's where I want to go next. <laughs> I, uh, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Dak Prescott. What do they all have in common. What do those five quarterbacks, again, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Dak Prescott, what do they all have in common? They have never won a playoff game. And Blake Bortles has now won two playoff games. So say whatever you want. Say whatever you want about Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles delivered on Sunday. And I am now, I said I would be, I will staunchly defend Blake Bortles. And and the truth is, he didn't just win because he had a great defense. Blake Bortles made plays when he needed to. He delivered versus the Steelers. I remember there was a key third and eight in the fourth quarter. And the Jaguars were able to convert by throwing a nice pass over the middle. Blake Bortles, I believe their tight end. And it was, I was like, wow, that was a huge third and eight. The Jaguars needed to convert. They made it happen because of Blake Bortles. So again, say whatever you want. You can you can talk about how great his defense is. You can say he's not good enough. Blake Bortles made plays. Blake Bortles is the reason why, not the only reason, but a big reason why the Jaguars were able to beat the Steelers. In fact, you could say this. Uh, maybe he wasn't the only reason, but without Blake Bortles playing well, the Jaguars would have lost. If Blake Bortles doesn't play well on Sunday, the Jaguars would have lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is he a top quarterback? No. No, he's not. But he ran for 35 yards, he was 14 for 26, had one touchdown, and the key was he had no interceptions and no turnovers. And he made completions when it mattered most. When he needed to deliver, Blake Bortles made it happen on Sunday. So those of you who are saying, you know, people are out there saying, bring Eli Manning in. Eli Manning's going to come be the next quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Stop. Stop it. Blake Bortles has two playoff wins. You're paying him a ton of money, and he's making it happen. What more can you ask from Blake Bortles? Blake Bortles is the man in Jacksonville. Accept it. Move on. Because the guy made plays. He, he did what he needed to on Sunday. Again, I will repeat this. Without Blake Bortles making plays on Sunday, the Jaguars do not win. And the Jaguars did win because of their running game, Blake Bortles, and their great defense. But Blake Bortles is a key part of that. Without Blake Bortles making plays on Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars would not have won that game. They put up 45 points on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're telling me Blake Bortles had nothing to do with that? Yeah, Blake Bortles is legit. He's up there, I think, around a Dak Prescott-level quarterback. If you put enough around Blake Bortles, clearly he can win you a lot of games. 
I rest my case. You can argue. You can, you can keep saying all you want. I'm angry at Blake Bortles. He's not good enough. He's not this. He's not that. He's won more playoff games than Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Dak Prescott combined. <laughs> Ironically, they haven't won a playoff game at all, but I don't care. Blake Bortles, too. All those guys have zero. Tell me Blake Bortles is a terrible quarterback. I, I mean, I don't buy it. I don't see it. I watched on Sunday. I don't see that from Blake Bortles. Now, the Vikings game, oh, my goodness. The, <laughs> I mean, that was a heart attack on TV. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was so much fun. And, and that right there, the Vikings and Saints game is why I love football. There is there is nothing like that in any other sport. There's no single game where you can be down 17 to nothing. Score one touchdown, get the ball back, and be right back in business. Just like that, the Saints were very much in the game. Now, that is why I love the NFL and why I love the sport of football. Why I think the sport of football is the best sport in the entire world. I I love it. There's nothing like that. The rules allow for way more drama, way more fun. I I I love watching the Saints and Vikings. Now, I feel incredibly sorry for Drew Brees. I feel... I feel awful for Drew Brees. It's rough. I mean, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible loss you have to swallow. And you look back at Dre, uh, Drew Brees' career, all the things that have happened to him that have not really been his fault. He got injured and they threw him out of San Diego. Bounty Gate was not his fault. He had to lose his coach for an entire season because of it. And now, now in one of his, not his final year, but he's, he's got a couple years left, I believe, but he's coming to the end of his career, has a great team making a great run, and the, the, he loses his season because of a rookie defensive guy making a big mistake. I mean, I could never imagine I could never imagine Drew Brees leaving New Orleans. But let's be honest. If, if Drew Brees is the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings right now, oh, that team's filthy. That team doesn't lose a game all year. So I just want to point out, Drew Brees has been through a lot. And a lot of the, his losses, a lot of the things that have hurt him in his career when we look back on his career in 20 years from now, they will not be his fault. And that's too bad. That's a shame. Because Drew Brees is, I mean, I read his book. I love Drew Brees. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Drew Brees is an incredible quarterback and a stand-up guy. I I love him. Now, don't forget, uh, Matt Ryan failed to deliver this Sunday, or this Saturday, excuse me, against the Eagles. (laughs) You can say whatever you want. Matt Ryan had a chance with the ball in the fourth quarter. He's on the goal line, and he could not make it happen. Say what you want about Matt Ryan. He didn't make it happen against the Eagles defense when it mattered most. Just remember that. This weekend, Blake Bortles made it happen when it mattered. (laughs) And ironically, Matt Ryan did not. Now, obviously, the Patriots dominated the Titans. Nobody nobody saw that. Nobody saw that as a surprise. The Titans were obviously going to lose to the Patriots. The question was how much. Uh, Apparently, 35 to 14 is how much. It's pretty bad. It was a terrible loss. So what is the theme of the four teams left. You have the Eagles, the Vikings, the Jaguars. I mean, even the Patriots, even the Patriots, they all have great defenses. They all are playing great defense. I think the Patriots obviously have the weakest defense of the four teams, but the Vikings are legit. The Jaguars are incredible. The Eagles are incredible. They are carrying, not I don't want to say average quarterbacks. Case Keenum is the best of the bunch. But Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, Nick Foles, they're no-name quarterbacks. They're not, they're not like, oh, wow, they're fantastic. They're not the cream of the crop. Their great defenses are winning these games. 
So I made a mistake last week. I talked about uh, the 49ers draft, and I said the 49ers should draft Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, I made a mistake. I don't like that. You know, I'm okay with being wrong if I say, if I make a prediction wrong, that's one thing. I can live with that. I felt bad about this because it was a clear error of judgment. I made a mistake. I, I missed something, and I wanted to own up to it. I felt bad about it. By the time the 49ers make their pick, Minka Fitzpatrick will probably be gone and off the board. But in that case, I would select Josh Jackson, the corner from Iowa. See, the point remains the same. I believe you got to go with a sure bet. Get someone who can make plays and contribute to your franchise next season. A lot of people are saying Jimmy Garoppolo should get weapons. Go get him a wide receiver, a tight end, an offensive lineman. Build the offense around Jimmy Garoppolo. I disagree. I disagree. I believe the 49ers must draft defense, particularly Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, if you can get Minka Fitzpatrick, awesome. You won't be able to. I like Josh Jackson. Go get defense to help Jimmy Garoppolo. If you want to help Jimmy Garoppolo, you need to draft a defensive guy. Look at Aaron Rodgers. How, how did Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl when he had a great defense. Drew Brees. Drew Brees won a Super Bowl when he had the best defense he's ever had. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with the Broncos before he retired. Why did he win that Super Bowl? He won that Super Bowl because he had a great defense. When it comes down to Calvin Ridley or Josh Jackson, I say pick Josh Jackson. Pick the guy who can have the biggest impact. Josh Jackson, the, the corner from Iowa, will be involved in way more plays than Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, wide receivers, they don't touch the ball that much. Not as often as a corner is involved in every single play on defense. I believe the 49ers need to draft defense. Again, look at the teams that are left in the NFL playoffs. The Jaguars, the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Patriots. The Jaguars have a great defense. The Vikings have a great defense. The Eagles have a great defense. And they are carrying not average. I don't want to say average offenses. I think Case Keenum is better than people give him credit for. Blake Bortles has certainly made plays. Nick Foles. I mean, the, the, the Eagles defense is carrying Nick Foles right now. And the Patriots defense, say what you want about them. They have dramatically improved from the beginning of this season. So I rest my case. I believe the 49ers, if they want to help Jimmy Garoppolo the most... They need to give Jimmy Garoppolo a great defense because defense wins championships. Not the Falcons offense, not Cam Newton, not say whatever you want. Drew Brees' fantastic offense lost on Sunday. Defense wins championships. I, If I'm the 49ers, I would make a pick that helps your defense. All right, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, the Titans won a playoff game. So the Titans won a playoff game but they still fired their head coach. Why would they do that? We'll talk about that next. I'm going to talk about the MVP. I promised I would. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best and most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. That is my plan for growing this podcast. If you like this podcast, however you're listening to it, however you're watching it, Share the link on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever it is. Please do me a favor. Help me grow this podcast. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. Oh, man, it's been a rough day. I hate, oh, I hate being sick. I've been chugging 
Alka-Seltzer all day, taking ibuprofen, doing everything I can, trying to pound water. Uh, It's just not fun. It's not a fun day. I want to talk a little bit more about the NFL playoffs. Uh, I think the Jaguars, you know, we assume that the Patriots would have loved to play the Jaguars. The Jaguars are an easier matchup for the New England Patriots. And that's because of Blake Bortles. We all say, you know, a Blake Bortles uh, quarterback team cannot beat the New England Patriots. I don't know about that. I don't know. I really think that the Jaguars are a tough matchup for the Patriots. Uh, We've already seen the Patriots and Steelers. We know the Patriots are a better team than the Steelers. This will be fun. Like the Jaguars and Tom Brady, that's an interesting matchup. I want to see Tom Brady versus this legendary defense. I actually, I'm really glad we're not getting a Steelers rematch. I know I'm the only person on the entire internet saying that. But I want to see, is there any chance that so I've, been, I've been hearing all year the Jaguars defense, Saxonville, they're the best defense in the entire NFL. Let's see them go up against the greatest quarterback of all time. Let's see what happens because I think Tom Brady, once again, versus that legendary defense, that's a fun matchup. I want to see that. I want to see that happen. Uh, the Vikings and the Eagles in Philadelphia. Uh, this is not a prediction. This is nothing. Uh, but it's very. I want to point out it's going to be interesting because of the weather. You think Philadelphia in January cold and snowy. It's not. It's going to be in the mid-40s, mid-50s, a uh, little bit of drizzly rain, but that's about it. That's really good for Case Keenum. See, I was worried because I knew it would be in Philadelphia, and a guy like Case Keenum with a weaker arm, that scares me. A guy like that in the snow, mm, that, that's that's a, a warning sign, because Nick Foles has a way bigger arm, stronger arm than Case Keenum. I would think Case Keenum has the edge in snowy weather. But because the weather is going to be all right, it's not too bad. Uh, Case Keenum sitting pretty. It's just very interesting. Uh, what else? Well, another thing I think is interesting uh, to me: three of the four quarterbacks left in the playoffs are pretty much no-name guys. We don't have any big names. We've only got Tom Brady left in the playoffs. Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles. It's weird, right? I mean, usually we have big stars at this point of the season. We have Tom Brady, Big Ben. Drew Brees, we'd have Peyton Manning years ago. Now we, we don't. And that may hurt ratings. I'm very curious to see, do the ratings drop? I don't know how to find that information. I'm going to figure out how to find that information uh, before next Monday's show. But I want to know, do the ratings drop because of the three out of four quarterbacks being no-name guys? I think that's interesting. We're going to follow that trail uh, later this season, farther down the road. All right. Um, there's a new rumor uh, circulating the NFL. So last week I talked about how, at first I talked about Jim Caldwell, Jim Caldwell getting fired by the Lions. I said that was a huge mistake. I also talked about how Matt Patricia was probably going to be the next Giants head coach. And I said, that's not a great fit. I don't like Matt Patricia with a young quarterback. It scares me. I don't like that very much. Well, there's a new rumor now circulating the NFL that the Patriots defensive coordinator Matt Patricia may be and is pretty likely to be headed to the Detroit Lions to be their next head coach. That's because the Lions general manager, uh, Bob Quinn, was a personnel guy for the New England Patriots. I I like this a lot for Matt Patricia. See, Matt Patricia didn't fit well with the Giants. I didn't like him with a young rookie quarterback. I thought that was a bad move. Matt Patricia in Detroit... At least if you're if you're Matt Patricia looking at this decision, this is a way better move for Matt Patricia. You have a veteran quarterback. You can worry about that. You can take care of your defense. Matthew Stafford's a good guy. Uh, I, I, if, I'm a, if I'm a coach looking at a job, my question is, do you have a quarterback or do you not have a quarterback? 
Because guys, I heard someone say this recently. They said there's two types of quarterbacks, uh, two types of coaches in the NFL. <laughs> coaches with quarterbacks and fired coaches. And Matt Patricia doesn't want to be one of those guys. So the Lions, if you're Matt Patricia, the Lions are a much better fit because you have Matt Stafford. Now, if you're the Lions, this puzzles me a little bit because is it really an upgrade? It's weird. You know, they fired Jim Caldwell, their head coach that got them to the playoffs two of the last four years. It's, I mean, you're moving laterally. I, I criticize my brother. If my brother was leaving Taco Bell to go to McDonald's, I'd say, why? You like your management. You like where you're at. Don't, don't move laterally. Move up, not over. Uh, you're looking at an unproven guy who's never been a head coach versus Jim Caldwell, who won who was in the playoffs two of the last four years. He's only coached there four years. So two, half of his seasons in Detroit, he made the playoffs. And this is, again, the Detroit Lions, who for years and years and years did not make the playoffs. I thought it was interesting. You know, is it really an upgrade? Is Jim Caldwell to Matt Patricia really a, a great move? I don't know. Time will tell. But I will give Bob Quinn, the Lions general manager, this one thing, this one benefit of the doubt. Working with people you know is very important and it matters. It matters a lot. How do most people, in, most people get their jobs. Every job I've ever had was because I knew someone. I knew this guy who got me here. This guy got me here, this, that. You want to hire people you know. Like if, I was hired, if I was hired by ESPN tomorrow, they said, hey, Zach, you get a simulcast. You can make a radio show and put it on the internet and on TV. We'll, we'll, put, and we'll give you a radio show. Who are you hiring? I would hire people that I know. I'm not going to hire someone I've never met in Los Angeles. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to hire people I know that I trust. And that's probably what's happening with the Detroit Lions general manager, Bob Quinn. He, he liked Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell was fine, but he'd rather work with Matt Patricia, a guy he knows and has a close personal relationship with. So I get that. I, I, I don't know that I support the Lions firing Jim Caldwell, and I don't know that Matt Patricia is really an upgrade from Jim Caldwell, but I do understand the value of working with people you know, and have a personal relationship with. That matters a lot. If you know someone, working with people you know matters. And that, I think, is why the Lions fired Jim Caldwell. They thought, we have a chance to get Matt Patricia. I understand now. I understand where the Lions were coming from. My next story is kind of a weird one. Uh, the Tennessee Titans just fired their head coach, Mike Malarkey. And this is after a season where he made the playoffs and won a playoff game. Remember, if you need a recap... The Tennessee Titans were losing 21-3 at halftime to the Kansas City Chiefs, came back and won, and the following week, last weekend, were humiliated by the New England Patriots. Now, I believe this has nothing to do with their season, has nothing to do with losing in the playoffs, and has nothing to do with their former head coach, Mike Malarkey. This has everything to do with Josh McDaniels, the Patriots' offensive coordinator. So what did we learn from the college football playoff? What was the big lesson from the Alabama-Georgia game? What was the lesson from the Oklahoma-Georgia game? You have to take risks in order to win. How do you win in life? You take risks. You got to spend money to make money. How do movies get made? You spend $100 million, make a big investment, and then in return make hundreds of millions of dollars as your, uh, your return value from your movie. You must take risks to win. The Titans want Josh McDaniel, the New England Patriots offensive coordinator, to be their next head coach. So this is why I support the Tennessee Titans. They fired, yes, a 
playoff winning coach, but they fired the coach they didn't believe in. They didn't believe Mike Malarkey was their long-term plan. And the Titans thought, hey, we need to take a risk. We need to go get Josh McDaniels to help our young quarterback, Marcus Mariota. That's why they did what they did. That's why they fired a playoff winning coach. They felt like they needed to take another risk to elevate their program even more. I like that. I like that. I'm a fan of taking risks. The Titans believe in what they're doing. Again, they want to help Marcus Mariota, their young quarterback. I think it's a good move. Not a great move. Not a move that super makes me excited because he may not get him. But it's a worth risk. It's a risk worth taking because if you want to get to the next level with Marcus Mariota, you needed to get a new guy in Tennessee. That's how everyone felt. That's how everybody in Tennessee believed. I have friends that live there that told me that. Tennessee needed to get rid of Mike Malarkey and move on to someone else. So they're taking a risk. But Josh McDaniels could really help elevate Marcus Mariota and get him to the next level. I'd love to see him work with a coach that he had good, had a good relationship with and good coercion. What's the, what's the word? Uh, cooperation with. I want, to find, I want him to find a guy he can have a great relationship with. And, and Josh McDaniels might be the guy that really helps elevate Marcus Mariota and get him to the next level. Uh, and so the question is, though, where will Josh McDaniels actually go? Because right now, the, the apparent offers, the things that are on the table, what seem like are on the table for Josh McDaniels, he can be the Giants head coach, he could be the Colts head coach, or he could be the Tennessee Titans next head coach. Now, my question is, what quarterback situation does he want? Does he want Andrew Luck? Does he want Marcus Mariota? Or does he want the Giants rookie quarterback, probably Josh Rosen? What, is, what does... Josh McDaniels want to work with. Now, unless unless Andrew Luck's injury is career-ending, I would choose Andrew Luck. Now, if Andrew Luck's injury is going to affect the rest of his career, I would next pick Marcus Mariota. I don't like the unknown. Now, if it were me, I would avoid the Giants. There's too many unknowns. I don't know who my quarterback's going to be. It's probably going to be Josh Rosen. You also have to deal with Odell Beckham Jr. Too many wild cards. Too many things are out of my control. I would not want to be the next coach of the New York Giants. I take something that I understand and absolutely know will be successful. I don't like unknowns. Andrew Luck is a known commodity, and Andrew Luck is a fantastic quarterback. Now, the next best thing is the Tennessee Titans quarterback, Marcus Mariota. If you absolutely have to, if everything else fell through, then I would take the New York Giants with Josh Rosen. But I don't really want to, I don't want to deal with a rookie quarterback. You just don't know. You don't know if he has it. You don't know if he does. You know Marcus Mariota has it to some degree. And you know Andrew Luck is a fantastic quarterback. And I think he's going to be back to full strength this season. I believe, if you had to ask me, I would say Josh McDaniels probably goes to the Indianapolis Colts. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return... Uh, who do I believe will be the NFL MVP and why? How do I pick? What's my criteria? How do I select an MVP candidate? I'm also going to break down Tom Brady's stats. Are they really declining? Everyone's talking about his age. Are they actually getting worse? And then I'm going to briefly talk about the Lakers. I'll talk about the Pac-12's new hire. Why I think the Pac-12 is trending upwards. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best and most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Look at me in the face. If you're watching on YouTube, share this with your friends. There's a link on the URL, however you want to do it. 
Share strong opinion sports on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, with your friends face-to-face. Be like, hey, I watched this awesome podcast today. I like this guy. He's kind of crazy. He wears sweatshirts under his flannels. He's really sick. I like him, though. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. All right. Last week, I promised I would tell you my criteria for the most valuable player in both the NFL and the NBA. What, what in general makes a most valuable player? What makes you an MVP? Uh, I'm going to tell you who my NFL MVP is first. So here we go. When you ask me who is the most valuable player, to me, that means who is the most important player. Valuable equals important. If you took this person away from your team, you cannot win any games. You would not be the same team without this player. So for me, that was until he got hurt. That was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was the NFL MVP. Look at what the Packers were without Aaron Rodgers. Couldn't win a game. It's interesting. uh, By the same theory, Carson Wentz, weirdly enough, Despite having great stats, Carson Wentz was not the NFL MVP. Look at what the Eagles have done without Carson Wentz. They've been okay. They've been able to keep the ship afloat. They've been able to win games. Now, it also cannot be an injured person. So Carson Wentz would have been out either way. Uh, it can't be, it can't be someone injured. You also must make the playoffs. If you're going to be an MVP, you must make the playoffs. Like Russell Wilson was in the running. He, Russell Wilson was my top, my favorite for the NFL MVP. But if he was really an MVP, he would have elevated his team enough to make the playoffs. So Russell Wilson was out. You you didn't make the playoffs. You didn't elevate your team that much. Pretty much, unless there are some weird, rare exceptions, pretty much always a quarterback will be the NFL's most valuable player. That's because uh, you touch the ball more. 99% of the time, it will always be a quarterback. Not a running back. Not a receiver. Not Antonio Brown. I love Antonio Brown. He's a great wide receiver, but he needs a quarterback in order to do his job. A running back, running backs are great, but running backs don't win you games. Like Leonard Fournette still needed Blake Bortles to win him games this weekend. Antonio Brown, he's a great wide receiver. He can't be an MVP. Every stat Antonio Brown has, so does Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben Roethlisberger is the reason why Antonio Brown is such a big star. Wide receivers probably can't be MVP. Offensive lineman, I love you. You can't be MVP. Your team would be okay without you. Like J.J. Watt, great player. But he was great for years in Houston, and yet his team couldn't win games. So a quarterback will pretty much 99% of the time. There is, I'm open to the exception. I have an open mind. But quarterbacks will pretty much always be the NFL MVP. And so my NFL MVP is, and God, by the way, I wish it could be Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo hits all the criteria. He just didn't make the playoffs. It wasn't possible. My NFL MVP is Tom Brady. Everyone's freaking out. Remember remember early in the season, everyone was freaking out about how bad the Patriots defense was. The Patriots dynasty is over. Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. He can't make it happen. Ironically, look at where the Patriots are. They're still the number one seed in the AFC. And why is that? That is because of Tom Brady. Early in the season, when the Patriots' defense was struggling, they were among the worst defenses in the entire NFL. Tom Brady had to carry the Patriots to victory. Yes, they figured it out. Yes, they are better. But early in the season, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't be the number one seed in the AFC without Tom 
Brady. Again, quarterbacks, running backs, or running backs, receivers, they're great, but a quarterback will pretty much always be the NFL MVP. So Tom Brady's my NFL MVP, and LeBron James is my NBA MVP. I don't need any stats for this. It's very simple. Here's why. Kevin Durant has a ton of help with the Golden State Warriors. You take Kevin Durant off the Warriors, they're fine. They're okay. They're still a playoff team. They're probably still in the NBA Finals without Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant is the best player in the league. He's the best player on the Warriors. Well, then why would the Warriors still be okay? He's not the MVP. And, and I, I love, you know, I, I love James Harden. I like Kyrie Irving. But the truth is, LeBron James is still a better candidate for MVP. LeBron James is the most important player in the entire NBA. The Cleveland Cavaliers are not what they are without LeBron James. Whether it be his recruiting in the offseason, whether it be his actual play in the season, he is all around what has created the Cavs' recent run. They've gotten to the playoffs, I think, three years. Every season LeBron's been there, they've made it to the NBA Finals, and that is because of LeBron James. Most valuable player, that is LeBron James. James, look at the Cavs. Why are the Cavs where they are? LeBron James, no matter what team you put LeBron James on, that team is in the playoffs, and that team is probably even in the Eastern Conference Finals playing Kyrie Irving and the Boston Celtics. Like, seriously, you could put put LeBron James on the Nets, and the Nets would probably make the playoffs because LeBron James elevates every team around him. Do you remember years ago, I, I'm not, this is just this season, I, I'm just pointing out. Years ago, with no help, LeBron James took the Cleveland Cavaliers to the playoffs. Now this season, he's playing unbelievable. He leads the NBA in minutes, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's unbelievable. LeBron James, without a doubt, is the NBA MVP, and it's not even close. I can't believe people still don't believe that. LeBron James, best player in the world, best player in the NBA right now. LeBron James, without a shadow of a doubt, is the NBA MVP. Most valuable player. Not the best statistics. Not the most rings. The most important to his basketball team. That is LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Yeah, that's LeBron James. I want to mention real quick. Um... Kevin Sumlin was hired to Arizona. He's now the new head coach of the Arizona University of Arizona football team. That's great. It's a great hire. I love that. Uh, remember, earlier this year, Kevin Sumlin was fired by Texas A&M. And I thought this was justified by Texas A&M because, and only because, they were able to upgrade and get a better coach than Kevin Sumlin. They hired Jimbo Fisher. But Kevin Sumlin will win a lot of games at Arizona. Kevin Sumlin's a great coach. He has Khalil Tate, a great quarterback now to work with. He's going to win a lot of games at Arizona. This makes the Pac-12 very, very interesting. Now, a few years ago, we saw a bit. We saw a big shift in the Big Ten. We saw Urban Meyer was hired, Jim Harbaugh was hired, James Franklin was hired to Penn State, and Big Ten football was elevated because you hired a lot of great coaches. We're seeing the same thing happening now in the Pac-12. Here are some Pac-12 coaches, just a couple of them. Hear them out. Chip Kelly, Kevin Sumlin, Mike Leach, Boise State great, now UW great, Chris Peterson, David Shaw, 
And, and there's also Herm Edwards. Who knows with Herm Edwards? He's probably going to be a mess. But those six names are huge, unbelievable names that will draw recruits and build programs. The Pac-12 is on the rise because of their new coaching hires. Upgrading at coach upgrades your program and upgrades your conference. The Pac-12 is on the rise. Now, the next move I want to see, I want to see USC hire a new coach. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how long Clay Helton lasts without Sam Darnold. I don't know that it will be very long. It's interesting to me. Will Clay Helton, USC's coach, last for very much longer without a great quarterback in Sam Darnold? I don't know. I, I know that Clay Helton is not a big name. And the USC job is up there with the Lakers, the Dallas Cowboys, the New England Patriots. I'm trying to think of football. The Cowboys, the 49ers. I mean, there, there's these big landmark teams. There's these big landmark jobs in college sports. Ohio State's head coach, Florida, like Alabama's head coach. Those coaching jobs are huge. And right now, USC does not have a marquee coach as their head coach. And that's interesting to me. So I think Clay Helton is the next to go. Now, before we get to Tom Brady, I'm going to talk about, I I did a whole giant nerdy research project about are Tom Brady stats really declining. Before we get there next, I want to talk briefly about the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers always have drama all around them. It's crazy. LeVar Ball right now is talking about Luke Walton. Luke Walton needs to get fired, this, this, that. And Luke Walton, there's some validity to what LeVar Ball's been saying about the Lakers head coach, Luke Walton. The players are kind of not that, they're, they're not in sync. They're having meetings, meeting with the head coach, about the head coach, this and that. Well, now it's rumored that the Lakers are not supporting Luke Walton. All this drama, all this mess comes from one thing. Here's what I, I believe about the Lakers. There are three players, I count three players, who are going to be in Lakers uniforms next season without a shadow of a doubt. Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram. Other than those three, it seems like everybody else is on their way out. Now, every time I leave a job, something happens. You've been fired, I've been fired, or not even fired. Even if you're just leaving on your own, actually, I've never been fired. I've only left jobs of my own accord, but... Every time I left a job, in fact, I was a manager at Safeway, I get selfish. Before I leave, you, you, you bet I'm more worried about myself and my future than this company, whatever company I work for. I'm more worried about the good of myself than the good of the company. I get selfish at the end. And that is what's happening to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's really hard to build when you have no future. It's like dating a girl. If you're dating a girl and she says, yeah, Zach, you know, I just don't see us getting married someday. Why are you dating? You know there's an expiration date. It's over. I saw a Black Mirror episode about this very same thing last night. It doesn't work. When you put an expiration date on your relationship, it doesn't work. And that's what's happening with the Lakers. The Lakers have an expiration date on the players in their locker room. Hey, like you're, you're gone at the end of the year. You're gone at the end of the year. You're gone at the end of the year. Of course there's not team chemistry. Of course guys aren't playing to help the Lakers. They're getting selfish. Anytime you leave a job, you become more worried about yourself than the good of the company. I hate to say that. I wish that wasn't true, but that's just fact. That's what happens with people. When humans are about to leave a job, they get more worried about themselves. They start playing for themselves. They want to get stats that make them look good so their next NBA team wants them and they get traded for. They get hired in free agency, whatever it is. 
The Lakers' problem is there is no future with most of their players, and so their guys are becoming selfish and more worried about themselves than the good of the franchise. Plain and simple. Blame the coach, blame this, blame that. The truth is, it's just because there is no concrete future for most of the players on the Lakers. All right, I hate stats. I I talk about this often. I think stats are far too easily manipulated to fit a narrative. And recently, everyone's been talking about how Tom Brady's numbers are declining. That at the end of the season, when Tom Brady, as he's gotten older, so have his stats declined at the end of a season. And that's the firm belief. Everyone has this theory, you know, he, he gets worse at the end of a season, but only because he's old. My question was, hey, I, I played quarterback. I played in cold weather. Let me tell you, it's harder to throw a football when it's 12 degrees outside than when it's 60 degrees. And, and I did my research. I looked into it. I looked back all the way to 2005. Look at this piece of paper. This is every stat. Uh, every this is, this is completion percentage. This is his touchdown to interception ratio, how many attempts he was throwing, how many yards he threw for. Almost every stat he's ever had since 2005 on this piece of paper. Um, here's what I found. Because, because I looked, I was like, is it, maybe it's just getting cold. Maybe since 2005, his stats have always declined in the last four games in December. And that's actually what I found. I found that everyone's making this claim. Tom Brady's getting old, and that's why his stats are declining at the end of a season. I saw this with Drew Brees. Drew Brees missed a pass on Sunday against the Vikings, and they said, you know, old Drew Brees would have made that throw. Would he have? Who knows? Maybe he just missed it. Like, why, why does it always have to be about age? Maybe Drew Brees just missed the pass. And Tom Brady's stats have declined every year since 2005. That's 13 years ago. <laughs> every year. His, his completion percentage goes down. His touchdown-interception ratio fluctuates no matter what the year is. And his, his, you, the only thing you can really calculate are that he always has a game in December that's a little off. It's usually the Dolphins. It was the Dolphins again this year. He often struggles with the Dolphins. When Rex Ryan was with the Jets, it was the Jets at the end of the year. He always has one game he really struggles with in December. And it's been every year since 2005, it's been this way. Even look at the Giants game. When he went 16-0, and he kind of struggled a little bit against the Giants. Every single season, this has happened since 2005. His numbers always make a little bit of a dip in December, at the la- in the last four games of the season, his completion percentage goes down. He throws for a little bit less yards. He's, he, he struggles a little bit because it's cold, not because he's getting old. Look at his stats. I looked it up. I did the research. Now, there are outliers, of course. You know, in 2000, 2015, he had a remarkable December. His completion percentage was up. He threw for a ton of yards. 2007, obviously, was a little bit off. But for the most part, you know, if you look at the average yards he throws in four games— then compare that, if you multiply that by four, to get that to how many yards he would throw for six, in 16 games, he always throws for less in December. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if you can follow that. But I did the math. I did all. I looked at everything. I'm a total nerd. As far back as 13 years, other than a couple outliers, his stats always go down in the last four games of every single season. So you can blame his age. You can say Tom Brady's getting old. The truth is... Every season since he was in, every season since 2005, I didn't go back any older than that. I probably could have. I didn't really want to. This was a lot of work to find all these stats. Tom Brady's stats decline every single year in the last four games, and he always has one game that's a little bit off and a little bit where he struggles every year. 
So you can blame age. I blame cold weather. Truth. That's fact. Look it up. Look, at, do all, you can do this work. I did it for you, but go look at the stats. Every year he does not, every year he has some kind of decline in December. My name is Zach Schumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. You can find the full entire hour-long to 45-minute podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best and most interesting clips broken out in short videos on YouTube. You're watching. Look at me in the face. You're watching this on YouTube. Tell your friends about this show. Hey, there's a podcast called Strong Opinion Sports. There's a link. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. That's my plan, and that is how I plan to grow. I don't ever want to be the guy on Facebook that's like, like my page. I'm inviting you to like that. I don't like that. I said the F word. I'm sorry. I don't like doing that. Tell your friends about the show. I want to grow through you guys like we've been doing to this point so far. I'm very excited. We're going a lot on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for listening. I'm going to drink a ton of water. I'm going to pound some Alka-Seltzer. I want to get better. I'm feeling very sick. Thank you so very much for listening and have a great day, everybody. Bam.